come around here so I can ask you questions. Nicholas Robbins is from the Bible League, or he's serving with the Bible League at this time, um, or serving God with the Bible League this yes. time. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and um, your walk with the Lord up to today? You know, why are you here? Certainly. Well, I'm here because the Bible has transformed my life and I have a testimony, really, of, of how, the, how God's Word has transformed my life and therefore I feel that I, I'm in the right place because I'm promoting the biblical distribution of the Bible globally. But uh, I became a Christian in high school. I originally rejected the Lord. Um, I was young when I rejected him, but he pursued me. I didn't pursue him, but the Lord pursued me, and I finally made a decision in high school in the mid-1980s. And uh, then God called me here to uh, Toowoomba in 1987 to study at, back then, the Darling Downs Institute of Advanced Education. And um, then, which is um, USQ, USQ today. For those who don't remember, way in the past. (laughs) Sorry, I was blessed uh, enough to have to repeat uh, my course, which I'll I'll tell talk to you briefly about a little later. But because I had to repeat, it's God's wisdom. the year that I, re- I graduated was the year that the DDIE became a university and my diploma became a degree. So I graduated from a university with a degree. So that was God's wisdom there, even though it was a painful process. And uh, then God called me to teaching and uh, took me to Japan for a couple of years uh, as a missionary. And when I came back, I taught English as a second language for a, for a season on the Gold Coast and uh, he took me then to Siberia to help uh, bring Jews back into Israel or play a part in that process. Uh, Alia is the name of that process. And um, after them, I uh, ended up with, with working for Bible League which is quite miraculous. But I'll expand a little bit on my testimony there as, as I present the work of Bible League. Oh, thank you. Um, please have a talk to Nicholas in a few minutes. Well, maybe not. After the service, some people talk to him. He's, he's an interesting guy. At any rate, <laughs> look, we're having our time of, of uh, taking our kids out to pray. Thank you very much. Can everybody hear me, by the way? That's good. I might just lower that so I can see you. Thanks very much for welcoming uh, me to your church this morning. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you and the Lord make his face to, to truly shine upon you. I live on the Gold Coast and uh, said to my wife, I'm coming to Garden City. So she's commissioned me to buy her some flowers. <laughs> so... I'm hunting for a nice orchid. Anyway, that's not why I'm really here. But again, thank you. I represent Bible League here in southeast Queensland and uh, also the northern part of, of New South Wales. But uh, Scripture says, doesn't it, go, or actually in the Greek, as you are going into all the world, preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations. 
And that part of it's it's a command, it's not a request. And so we have a wonderful journey ahead of us to go into the nations uh, and, and preach the gospel. And the word nations there in the Greek is ethnos, go into all the ethnic groups or go into all the people groups. And do you know how many people groups there are? Apart from many. There's about 16,000 people groups. But how many have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? Excuse me while I put my stopwatch on so I can respect your time. How many have never heard the gospel of Jesus Christ? Just under half. Yeah, 40%. So 6,500 people groups are going to a Christless eternity right now. So we have a wonderful endeavor ahead of us, um, whether it's Bible League or yourself in, in, in another capacity, to prepare the world for the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when the fullness of the Gentiles come in, then we know that, that he's going to return. And I'd like to encourage you this morning, he is going to return. His yes is his yes, and his no is his no, and his testimonies are sure, and he's made a promise that he will return to us. So we can smile this morning because it's our blessed hope he's going to return. But we have a job ahead of us while we, uh, while we remain on this earth. And we're never going to retire, so we've got a great job ahead of us. So Bible League are in 55 boarded nations, help, helping in a sense to prepare the world for the return of the Lord. <clears throat> the wonderful scripture this morning, um, you know, he, his word is a, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And I have a wonderful story about my feet, but I'll, I'll share that in a moment. But the entrance of God's word, it gives light, it gives understanding, and even to the simple There's not a realm where God's word can't touch. In fact, it's only God's word that can touch. The entrance of his word gives light. Only his word's going to give light. You're not going to get light from any other source other than his word. And you're not going to get understanding from any other source except for his word in the true sense of light and the true sense of, of understanding. Ten million people in Ghana want a Bible. They don't have one. 95% of Christians in in Mozambique want a Bible, but they don't have one. If you are asked to get rid of every book in your home except for one book, which book would remain, hopefully not on your shelf, but on, on on the dining room table, so to speak? Which book would it be? Hopefully the Bible, the Word of God, because that's that's the book that's going to bring transformation. So the entrance of his word, it gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. I remember waking up, uh, the last, basically the last day of grade seven, I, and um, sorry, I, I remember coming home from, uh, from the bus with my report card in my hand. It was the last day of grade seven. And I decided to open it. I opened it and there was the glory in front of me. You are the second lowest in the class. The lowest in the class was French. So she had a, a, a better excuse than me. 
But this is not a sob story. It's a story about the power of God's word. You see, the entrance of his word will give light. It will give understanding and even to the simple. You couldn't get more simple than me. Then it came to starting high school and I didn't know what hit me. In fact, I struggled my way through high school. Uh, Mum took me to the guidance officer. The guidance officer said, get him out of school. He's useless. All he'd be good for is to work in a nursery. My apologies if you work in a nursery. That's not to say that those who work there uh, struggle like I did. But that was the mentality of the guidance officer. Mum kept me in school because uh, mums are usually wiser in that sense. But I struggled all the way through high school. Um, <clears throat> but the Lord Jesus Christ, as I mentioned before, pursued me and he found me. And I, and I accepted his salvation in high school. Uh, accepted Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Saviour. And uh, so I connected with other Christians in, in high school. They brought me to their churches, etc. I finally gave a, a full commitment at a tent crusade on, uh, in Southport uh, on the Gold Coast around about 1984-85 as far as I can remember. But I still struggled with the academics. But the entrance of his word, it gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. There's not a realm where God's word can't touch. Your realm might be different to mine, but he can still touch it through his word. Um, I remember waking up and the pain was excruciating. I was about five years of age. I was born in Papua New Guinea. And I'd been flown to Australia to undergo surgery on my feet because I was born with very, very twisted feet. And so by the time I was 12, I'd had 14 journal anaesthetics on my feet, in and out of hospital. So I woke up one day and the pain was excruciating. And then six weeks later, on the other foot, uh, the pain was excruciating again. So I had a lot of pain in my younger years. And even today, I still experience uh, slight pain. What happened was I had what was called a triple arthrodesis on both feet, where three bones were fused together, cut and fused together, so I have very little movement now in my ankles. But I guess because of the constant general anaesthetics, it it really affected me, being in and out of school and and the general anaesthetics affecting my my ability to process things cognitively. So you are looking at a miracle standing in front of you because of what he has done and because the entrance of God's word has actually transformed the simple. But anyway, it came to the end of high school and even though I'd fallen in love with God's word, I read his word, I still exited high school with the the second lowest exit score in the entire school. I got a 640T score back in those days. It was a tertiary exit score and the lowest was a 610 then God called me to Toowoomba because uh, I had started playing classical guitar. So God called me here to Toowoomba. And uh, really my faith became grounded here in Toowoomba. I was here for five years. Um, and a friend here in Toowoomba 
gave me a series of cassettes. Does, does anybody know what a cassette is? <laughs> Sorry, not meaning to be facetious there. But uh, so a, a friend of mine uh, gave me a set of cassettes with the Bible on it. Alexander Scorby was the uh, narrator of the Bible, and I would listen to it and listen to it and listen to it. And in fact, sometimes I would listen to it 24 hours. Well, I'd have it going 24 hours. I took the tapes with me to Japan, finally, in, in the late 80s, early 2000s. And they became a part of my life. So the, so the Word of God became a part of my life. You see, the entrance of his word, it gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. So it took me five years to do a three-year course here in, in Toowoomba, back in the late 80s through to the early 90s. Um, I, still re- I still remember the look on the dean's face as he handed me my Bachelor of, Educa- Bachelor of Creative Arts, thinking, how did this guy get through? I'm sure that was the puzzled look on his face as he... Because it, it took me five years to do a three-year course. The wisdom of God there was I, um, as, I as I mentioned, was I started from a, a college with a diploma, but the year I graduated, the college became a university and issued a degree. So I, I finished with a Bachelor of Creative Arts from a university rather than a diploma from a college. So that was the wisdom of God. So it was a painful experience, but God's wisdom prevails in the end, as he will with all of our lives. And I I want to encourage you, we've all got a situation in our life, but God's building a testimony. You cannot have a testimony without a test. It's impossible. Test is written in, in the word of testimony. And uh, so there was the power of God's word. Then God called me to Christian Heritage College in Brisbane and I didn't know what hit me. I mean, 25 years of failing was enough and then God called me to a, to a place where, where academics exploded for me. And so I remember coming home from, from failing a test one day. This is not a sob story, it's a, it's a good story because it has a great outcome. Uh, I remember coming home from failing a test one day and I got on my bed, I had my Bible in my hands, knelt on my mattress on the floor and just cried because I'd had enough. That was it, enough. And I dropped the Bible and opened up at the scripture, I has not seen nor ear heard the things that I have prepared for you. And then instantly... Instantly, nothing happened. Look, God's perfect work of patience must form in all of us. And uh, we're created in the image of God. And Jesus Christ was that perfect image that we look to, that, that we are to behold. And if... The perfect image for the joy that was set before him had to endure the cross. Then why are we any different? Why are we any different? We're we're that image. So there is a joy 
that God has set before us. But in order to obtain that joy, we have to go through a certain element of the cross. And I don't mean being put on the cross because the job's finished. It is finished, he said. But there is a certain process that we will go through because we're built in that, we're created in that same image. So there's always going to be a certain amount of pain in our life. But that's okay. We might have pain for different reasons. It might be sin. And the answer is simply repentance. The other portion of pain might be the enemy. So the answer is spiritual warfare. The other portion of pain might be so that you can help other people through that situation. There's different reasons. Another form of pain might just simply require patience to get through. Whatever form it is, seek the Lord on it and then press through it. So to cut a long story short, I finished my, my Bachelor of Education in primary school. But it took a process to get there. I remember sitting at a computer screen trying to construct a five-sentence paragraph. It would take me four to five hours. But the entrance of his word, it has brought life, it light, it has brought understanding even to somebody who was very, very simple. So I want to encourage you this morning. You have something amazingly powerful at home. But as I said, 10, 10 million people in Ghana can't get on their knees and weep and, and, and drop a scripture and have it open at something encouraging like eye has not seen nor ear heard the things that I have prepared for you. 95% of Christians in Mozambique don't have that opportunity. Can God speak to people without reading scripture? Absolutely. But even Jesus opened up a scroll and read from a scroll. So he saw the importance of reading scripture as well. Uh, So now, with regards to my feet, one of the callings that God has had on my life is to do prayer walking through different nations. Well, there's an irony, isn't it? God's used the, the the very thing that caused me pain in my life to actually walk through nations and pray for nations, praying for revival, praying for the presence of God and the Holy Spirit to touch different regions, hiking through mountains. And yes, I did experience pain as I was walking, but you push through that pain for the sake of the glory of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> so Bible League have a strategy when we, when we give a Bible. We won't actually give a Bible unless people are being discipled. Uh, we want people to be physically engaged in, in that process of reading the Bible. Um, particularly when you're uh, working in under-resourced and persecuted regions, you want to make sure that you're intentional when you give a Bible and that you're focused. Um, you can't just give a Bible to anyone because 10 million people who want one they need to be the ones that you focus on, not somebody who, who's haphazard about receiving something. So we want to make sure people are being discipled so that the Bible remains in their hands. 
So that physical engagement is our key there. Saman was the leader of a terrorist organization in northern Iraq and shot several of the opposition. And one of the men under Saman went through the pockets of the dead soldiers. And he happened to find the book of Luke. So he gave the book of Luke to Saman. Saman went home and read it. He got to the portion in scripture where it said, Love your enemies, bless those that persecute you, and pray for those that spitefully use you. And so he cried out to Allah, show me which is right, is it Islam or is it Christianity? And the Lord gave him a dream. And in the dream he, he saw the Lord, he, he, he saw this man on a white horse, he was veiled. But he unveiled himself and, and showed himself as the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, out of that experience, Saman became a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, the entrance of God's word, it brought light. It brought understanding, even to the wicked or to the simple. The Bible transforms. Nothing else does. Nothing else does. Sorry, the good news is as many as six million Muslims leave Islam each year to follow Jesus. You won't see that on the 6 o'clock news, but that is the good news, or certainly linked to the good news. So Bible League's purpose is really we serve the under-resourced church, the persecuted church, by providing Bibles, scripture materials, and training for the sole purpose of bringing people to Jesus Christ. Our heart is the eternal state of the human soul. And that's the heart of Christ, is your eternity. Our focus is the persecuted church. I'm not sure if you're aware, but there are 200 million Christians globally living in persecution. Uh, We don't experience that. We experience the peace of Christ. They experience the peace of Christ because Christ is their peace. But they don't experience the safety and the comfort that we live in. 50% to two-thirds of people in the Middle East in the last century or so have died for their faith, for being a Christian. Um, and uh, we also work in other faith communities, bringing people out of Hinduism, Buddhism, and Islam. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's the definite article. He's not a way, a truth, a life. So we must bring people to Jesus, and make him number one on the list of one, not number one on the list of ten. And of course, we work with the poorest of the poor as well. How are we fulfilling our purpose? Everything that Bible League provides on the mission field, there's no cost uh, to the recipient. Our method, as briefly mentioned before, is discipleship. We've called that Project Philip. And it's a 26-lesson uh, program where young Christians can come and grow in their faith, go out, bear fruit, and that fruit remains. As, as Jesus said, you didn't call me, you didn't choose me, but I chose you, appointed you, so that you should go out and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And so that's what our Project Philip's about. John said this, I have no greater joy than to know that my children walk in truth. Where are we going to get our greatest joy from? 
not focusing on ourselves, but focusing on bringing truth to others. Um, I believe it's a great remedy for a spirit of depression. If you have depression in your life, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, I under, I've understood depression, so I feel qualified to share. But So I'm not saying don't seek medical advice or anything like that, but what I am saying is definitely what can help depression is to bring truth to other people and to have a heart to bring in God's truth to other people because he has no greater joy than to know that children walk in truth. <clears throat> oh, we've called it Project Philip for the obvious reason that Philip the Evangelist met the Ethiopian uh, eunuch. He was a eunuch, he couldn't reproduce. And so he met the Ethiopian. The Ethiopian had the scroll of Isaiah and he asked the Ethiopian, do you understand what you're reading? And he said, well, how can I unless somebody brings instruction? And of course he brings instruction and the thing is, too, the, the, the Ethiopian, uh, being unable to reproduce, would have read the scripture also that says, Greater shall the children be of the barren than of the married woman. Now, that's very strange for anybody to read. But even stranger for a person who can't reproduce. And so here's this man reading that wonderful scripture. And history tells us, after he becomes a born-again Christian, that he goes back to Ethiopia. And of course, he has many children. There's a revival that breaks out. And possibly even the queen was one of his children. So there's a man who was barren in that sense. <clears throat> Sorry. And, he, and um, just after that too, scripture says... Sorry. <clears throat> Scripture says um, in the Old Testament that a man who is crushed or a person who is crushed doesn't have the opportunity to go into the temple. But Jesus was crushed for us, enabling that man to enter into a realm that was beyond anybody's comprehension because Jesus was crushed for us. Anyway, that's just a bit on the side there. So there's a man who got discipled. The scripture was unraveled for him and he goes back to Ethiopia and there's a revival that breaks out, as history says. So our heart is, is uh, discipleship. No point giving a Bible unless people can read. So we're also teaching both adults and children to read as well. And I appreciate that scripture because I struggled when I was here studying music, I would read the same chapter five or six times trying to, trying to remember the content and, and still struggled to do that. So my heart for literacy is, is quite great there. <clears throat> the king, at the, king Nebuchadnezzar at the time of Daniel chose the greatest of educated people to be a part of his leadership team because he knew that education would shape his culture for him. <clears throat> Church planting, since Bible League began in 1938, uh, we've helped to plant uh, 70,000 churches in over 60 nations as well. Jesus said uh, he would build the church and the gates of hell won't prevail, but we're his hands and we are his feet, even when they're twisted.
Every minute, Bible League are providing 23 biblical resources. That includes a digital Bible library, particularly in the Middle East, which is on an, a nano SD card. Uh, not, I don't encourage illegal activity in terms of customs, but it's one way of getting God's word into certain nations. Uh, also, uh, we have a solar-powered MP3 Bible um, <clears throat> in, in Madagascar, audio, and, of course, there's the paper as well. Every day we're training 342 people to teach discipleship, and every hour we're bringing 209 people through discipleship, including uh, preaching the gospel to them. And every day we're planting... Uh, 4.5 churches. So in the last year or so, we've helped to plant over uh, 1,700 churches. I don't know if anybody here is involved in prison ministry, but you might ask, well, what are you doing in Australia? We're not the missionaries in Australia. However, we work with Kairos and Prison Fellowship, and they use our prison Bible, which is an easy-to-read version. It's not an abridged version, but it's an easy-to-read version. It has 52 life-learning lessons in it. How does a prisoner deal with authorities in prison, out of prison, preparation for following Jesus? So there's that opportunity for prisoners. About 15,000 prisoners here in Australia have been able to use this this Bible. If you are part of a prison organisation and it's not Prison Fellowship or Kairos, you're welcome to contact Bible League in Sydney, Penrith. And if, you, if it's a legitimate organisation that's ongoing, with ongoing uh, discipleship, you're welcome to contact them and uh, come under an agreement to receive these Bibles at no cost. Uh, also in Australia, we have an Indigenous Bible. I don't know if anybody here um, is involved in Indigenous ministry. But if you go onto our website, um, you'll come on to our store, you'll come to a section which is Indigenous. Uh, we've been working with some retired Wycliffe translators in the last, last quite a few years on a simplified English version. Um, and we haven't completed it yet. Uh, every time we ask our translators, have you completed it? It's, sorry, we've got about another 15 years to go. I don't know if you understand, but or, or are aware, I should say, it's about a 25 to 30 year process to translate a Bible. Uh, Bible League have translated the Bible into 22 languages, uh, have another 12 in the process of being translated as a simplified version, whether it's a simplified English version or whatever that nation or that um, language is. But yes, so we have the indigenous Bible um, or portions of the New Testament as well as the prison Bible here in Australia. And you're welcome to obtain those Bibles at no cost, the indigenous Bible that is. So if you go onto our website and you're part of a ministry, please feel free to to avail yourself of that material. Um, It is subject to abuse, so I just ask that, uh, you know, that it be legitimate there. So how can we be involved? Please pray for us. 
We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. And God is not waiting to reluctantly answer our prayers. He's waiting to hear our prayers so that he can lavish on us or so that he can bring his word to pass. When Paul was converted, the first thing he did was pray for three days and fast for three days. And what did it open up? It opened up the ability for an angel to come to another minister of God to say, you can go to Paul for he prays. And it, it, it's like the real deal of a Christian is a Christian that prays because that will unlock an angel to go to somebody else to bring a divine appointment to that person in need. So prayer is very important as well. Leonard Ravenhill said this, All a man is and all he ever will be is what he is on his knees before the Lord. So please pray for us if your heart's been touched by Bible League. Um, becoming a partner church ambassador, that just simply means there might be a person here. Bible League's touched your heart and um, you can liaison between Bible League and leadership. has to be in agreement with your pastor and leadership. So to liaison between Bible League and leadership and help put some materials on a, on a table or... Um, pray at a prayer meeting for Bible League or help in a current campaign if Bible League's touched your heart. Um, helping us financially by becoming a Bible League friend, this is really how we get the job done um, in those nations. $20 will get up to two to four Bibles. Sorry, one to two Bibles now. Um, <clears throat> one Bible can transform a family of five. That family can transform a culture. So it's a coffee and a donut per fortnight is all it takes for us to get the job done in those nations. So I'll, I'll say thank you on behalf of Bible League for, for welcoming Bible League here this morning. But if I can just finish my testimony, because <clears throat> it really is about the power of God's word. A few years ago... Because you still have scars, you see, whether it's emotional, whether it's physical, definitely physical. But um, I, I still have emotional scars, but God works through those. And it wasn't really up until very long ago that I was comfortable um, wearing shorts in public because of the shape of my feet. I was te- teased a lot at school. Some of that was my own doing, my own fault. But I was bullied a little bit at school because of how I was born, etc. <clears throat> but a few years ago, and this is the power of prayer, I, I sat with a group of people and we were praying for, for each other. And for the first time as I, as I prayed about the situation, and the Lord brought an image to me. And the image was his feet being nailed to the cross. You see, and he said, to, he showed me, Nick, I, I, my feet were nailed to the cross so that I could feel your pain and so that I could take it. The good news is, is he didn't remain on the cross. Three days later, he rose again from the dead 
without a problem with his feet. So he said to me, Nick, I can take, I could feel that situation, but not only could I feel that situation, because I rose again from the dead, I can take that situation. And the good news is, is that he rose again from the dead here on earth. He didn't rise again and go straight to heaven. So he's able to empower on this earth, not just once we get to eternity. I know I'm going to have a glorified body. You're going to have a glorified body when it comes to eternity in that sense. But the Lord showed me, Nick, I can take your pain and I can also heal it as well, whether it be physical or emotional. Um, With my academic struggle, the Lord showed me, Nick, I, I had a crown of thorns placed on my head. And they weren't just thin thorns. They were long thorns and they were beaten onto his head. And he did that for me. He did it for you as well, whatever predicament you've been through or are going through. He, he did it. But the good news, and it would have made him struggle to, to think. Yes, he was God, but he was fully man. And he was the dog of the earth, so to speak. He was the lowest of the low in that sense. So he went through that academic struggle, but he rose again from the dead without any problems in his thinking. He he rose again as the God of the universe, as the healer of the universe. And so he showed me, Nick, I went through that, and I felt what you went through. I felt the five hours of of trying to construct a five-sentence paragraph. I felt the pain that you felt when you were reading your music textbook and you had to read that chapter five times and you even still didn't, didn't understand it. So he understands my predicament. But he rose again from the, from the dead on this earth to touch us on this earth, not simply to touch us when we get to heaven. So I want to encourage you, whatever predicament you're going through, with regards to struggling with relationships with people at school, well, Jesus had the same. He didn't have a, far, a earthly father, so what do you think other people called him? A, a BAS, whatever, as he was going through his school years. He understood the pain of being bullied. Um, he was Ill- illegitimate, according to culture. And he would have been called that. And probably the most derogative terms there was at the time. So he felt that pain for me, but he rose again. If if you're struggling with a relationship between you and your father, I've I've understood that. Or a relationship. For the first time in history, Jesus lost his relationship with his father. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Not my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? He couldn't even talk to his father. His father turned his back on him for the first time in history. But three days later, after his death and his resurrection, he's, he, he's able to communicate with his father again and bring healing to whatever your predicament is in relationship. Uh, he lost a great friend. His name was Judas. And we know Judas was a great friend because... 
An acquaintance can't betray you. Only a friend betrays you. And so Judas betrayed him, but it was a friend that betrayed him. So whatever your predicament is, there's nothing that Jesus Christ went through for you that he can't take you out of that predicament or bring healing to you. Um, isn't it amazing that in the last 15 years I've been teaching English as a second language prior to working for Bible League? That is an irony. How, how I can walk through nations praying over different regions when I shouldn't have been able to do that. What is it that you're struggling through that God can bring change so that your testimony can just rip apart the plans of the enemy? What is it? And look, the, it, it, sometimes it's difficult to hear how gruesome the cross is, but the more gruesome and the more horrible you understand it to be, the more empowering it is. Really. Um, so I'd like to encourage you this morning. I hope I've encouraged you this morning. You know, I'm just trying to be real to you. If I get up here and I'm not real, then there's no power in what I say, really, even if it's truth. There's nothing backing it. But I'm just being real with you this morning because I understand pain. I understand physical pain. I understand emotional pain. And um, so I feel because it's been the entrance of God's word that has changed my life, therefore promoting his word brings tremendous joy to me. So I hope I've answered your question, Ray, in, in that. <clears throat> as to why I'm doing what I'm doing. How I got led to Bible League, just as I finish, um, <clears throat> God, in a sense, shut the door with me teaching English as a second language. The, the school wasn't paying the teachers correctly, and so one morning as I was praying, the Lord just said, you need to hand in your resignation, I did. And then I went through the whole Centrelink process. And, and, and if you've been through that, you know it's depressing. But that's what I did. <clears throat> and then I felt to do a three-day fast. And so I did a three-day fast. At the tail end of that fast, <clears throat> excuse me, um, at the tail end of that fast, the, the Lord connected me with the the gentleman's wife who was with Bible League prior to me, she said, look, my husband has to leave. Why don't you contact the CEO and, and see where you go? So I did, and, and three and a half years later, here I am working for Bible League. So it's kind of a... You can't have an, a miracle without an impossibility. And that's what God wants to do. He wants to throw impossibilities in front of your pathway so that he can produce miracles. The Lord, the Lord is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And he was that to the Egyptians as he, as he walked, as he took them out of, sorry, the Israelites, as he took them out of Egypt. He, he was a lamp to their feet and a light to their path. Where did he lead them to? He led them to a dead end with the enemy behind them. 
Great, you're a lamp to our feet and a light to our path, and you've led us to a dead end. No, God's just saying, I'm leading you to a point where I'm going to perform a miracle. And he did. And the thing is, that miracle cut Egypt off. I'm sorry, I know there's a gentleman here from there, but what it did was it cut off a realm for the Israelites so that they could go in with that realm no longer um, trying to advance them. So God will bring you, he'll, he'll send a light before your feet and your pathway so that you can walk to a place where you're going to need a miracle. But wait till you ex- experience the miracle. Because once you go through the miracle, the enemy in that area will be cut off from you. So I hope I've encouraged you this morning. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. If Bible League's touched your heart and you'd like to contribute to the work of Bible League, please come and see me. I'll be at the table there. Uh, Thank you very much, Pastor Steve and and Ray, uh, for um, allowing Bible League to be here this morning. Return the blessing to you. May the Lord bless you and keep you, mm-hmm. and may His face shine upon you. Thank you. Let's I'll just pray. Lord God, wonderful God, what a privilege it is to be your servant. What a privilege it is to declare your word. And we ask that your spirit will guide Nicholas <clears throat> and those that are gone out. You've said, How will they hear? Unless someone is sent, Lord, please, we ask that you'll bless the feet of them, lead them and guide them, that you might be glorified in all things. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name.